Blood and Barrels discuss cases that contain graphic content. And Mike has a potty mouth. So does Amy. Nah. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Blood and Barrels. I'm Mike. I'm Amy. And uh, we got some updates today. But before we jump into that, I hope you all corrected your clock. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I mean, because it's Tuesday when you're hearing this, this is the weekend when we're recording. But yeah, I'm imagining if you didn't, you probably were like, fuck, now I got to sit here for an hour before work starts. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's better than like when it switches the other and way. And you're an hour late. And you're an hour yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. So... But uh, we also have to call out, Was it's your, your cousin is one of our listeners, in yes. Ari- and she lives in Arizona. Yes. And what episode was that? Uh, I believe it was the Flagstaff episode. Yes. The Skinwalker. Skinwalker episode we just did. Um, she was nice enough to comment and tell me that I was completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, I, and I'm still confused. So, how, does Arizona do daylight savings or not do daylight savings? I think they do. Don't. They don't. Okay, that was my understanding is that they didn't, but I swore there was like two little spots that that did, um, but apparently I was wrong. So I don't know. I didn't bother to Google it, but (laughs) (laughs) but I want to thank her for you know uh, reaching out. We always love the uh, the interaction with people. So we've had a lot of it lately. We have. We actually have a really exciting one, and I'll let Amy tell this one. So, I don't know if you guys remember, because I think it's been about a year. It's been a minute. Um, but we did, I believe it was episode 21 um, on Naomi Weiss. Naomi Weiss. Um, and I mentioned in that episode that there was a book coming out by um, Hal and Eleanor Pugh. But at the time, I couldn't find a release date or anything like that to give to y'all. Well, they actually listened to our episode. Hal and Eleanor did. Which I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) Hal reached out to me and let me know that it was actually published on September 26th. So. Of this year. Of this year. Nice. So it just just came came out. out. Mm -hmm. I actually ordered it. So I'm going to read it. And we're, um, they've been nice enough to let me know that there's a whole lot more information in the book than what I was able to find a year ago. So we'll be able to answer some questions, and then they've been nice enough to say if we have any questions for them, they'll they'll answer the questions for us. Yeah, so if we can, we'll connect with them and maybe like have them on the podcast. I think that would be really cool if we can do that. So. We're gonna try, but if it, if not, they'll at least um, you know answer our questions, and we can get some real information from straight from the source. Source. Yeah, exactly. And so, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a minute. <laughs> So they kind of got into this because one of them was related, yes, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like, it's obviously distant related because it was eighteen yeah. hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, it was eighteen oh seven. Oh yeah, yeah so, Not early nineteen hundreds. It was yeah, way um, early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, she was born in seventeen eighty nine and died in eighteen oh eight. 
Yeah, so they're distant relatives, but I think it's really cool that they've kind of come in to collect all this information and put it together. So that big thank you to them, and, uh, and we the, look forward to it. The name of the book is Naomi Omi Wise: Her Life, Death, and Legend. And you might spell uh, Omi for them. O M I E. Yep. So it's Naomi Omi Wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out. You can pick it up on Amazon. Yep, uh, there's only uh, nine left in stock, so if you want it, <laughs> hurry up. Although oh, there are more on the way. I was about to say, I'm sure they'll restock. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, there are more we on don't, the way. We don't normally plug people, but they were nice enough to reach out. And, uh, so, yeah, I thought you it was know. really cool. Yeah, definitely. So we look forward to reading that and uh, do an update on that case. And then, in addition, we forgot last week. We did. Sorry, but, guys. Yeah, we did. But we, we did have our live episode. It was a smaller one, but we still had a, a oh, lot it was of fun. fun though. It was but a lot of fun. One of the things I kind of liked about it was because it was small, there was so much interaction there really was. in the case uh, or in the, you know, in the, what do you want to call it? In the room. In the room. Yeah. yeah in the room. <laughs> so, you know, I want to give a big shout out to Amanda Bender. She was there uh, and really kind of asked a lot of questions she did, and yes. had a lot of interaction. If you go listen to the episode, you'll hear her on there. Um, <laughs> and we met a few other people too. Uh, Dana Riedel, we hung out with her a little bit afterwards. She's been listening. And then we also met, we didn't get her name, but we met somebody that gave us an update on the Texas Killing Fields. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. So we will also be looking into that. And it, that may not be a full episode, but we'll at least give you an update on that. Right. Well, if I remember correctly, and it was like a recent, like, con- recent. there was like a recent conviction. So. Yeah, I think in Laura, Laura's murder. Yeah. I think it was Laura. So, yeah, definitely. We've got some updates coming. Yeah, so, so we're working on it. Yeah. Um, be patient with us, because y'all keep giving us great information. <laughs> yep. And we are actually, after we get done recording this, we're putting out our, I think we've talked about it a few times we're actually going to put out the first episode of the of our first series um, for patreon for patreon so if you want to check that out it is live now as of this moment because (laughs) i'm posting it right after this amy's like yeah i've been asking you for like two weeks (laughs) we did record it a while ago we did we did (laughs) but we uh but that'll be coming so that'll be a series i think we said it's five or six episodes so yeah so yeah if you want to check that out i mean shit Patreon's like, you can get a dollar a month yeah. to pop in and get a few extra episodes if you want to join. If not, that's no big deal. Should um, be pretty cool, though. We've already got, we've been a lot better about our Patreon episodes, so we've already got a number out there. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think we'll finish up with, uh, you know, if you want to support the podcast, you can always just rate and subscribe, or not rate and subscribe. I don't know. I don't know what they call it. I'm too, like, I watch too much YouTube. Like, rate, review. Like, rate, review. Yeah, so Apple Podcast, if you've got that, is the really the best place. But and there's then, a bunch of them that will let you do... I had no idea. There's a bunch that'll let you do it. Like, Audible will let you do it. There's another one that'll let you do it. Spotify has ratings now. Yeah, Spotify has ratings, so that's just the best way to get us out there. Yeah, and help us kind of broaden our horizons yeah, you know, yeah. with uh, listeners. But yeah, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in and enough of all that. I think we got some beer to try today. We do have beer to try today. Yeah, yeah. And I love the artwork on this. So today we're going to be doing Lone Rider Brewery. Yes. And they have been open since 2009 in Raleigh, North Carolina, which... North Carolina is one of the the states that shows us a lot of love. They do. They do. (laughs) So we're back in North Carolina again for our 
sixth case in North Carolina. Wow, is this our sixth North <laughs> yeah. Carolina case? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Man. Oh, crap. That reminds me. I got to do... I still... Justin... Justin, I'm sorry. I haven't done your case. It's coming soon. I told you. If I owe Justin Ware a case. He's one of our Patreons. He's the OG. And he I is. owe him a case. <laughs> yeah, that will be also coming soon. <laughs> but it's a regular uh, episode. I warned him that it would probably be a few months. Yeah, and he said I'm a no, slacker. But... Yeah, well, I'm a slacker. So anyway, <laughs> we, I, we talked about that like, I think, episode one. We talk about it almost every episode. And you had to do the research for the live episode. So we'll cut you a little bit of slack. That is true. That is true. Good for me. Even though no, you had two to months to research that case. I know. It's only waited to the last minute. <laughs> totally waited to the last minute. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, we made it happen. So. We did. And it went very well. Yep. So, so anyway, I think we're going to start off with the uh, Lone Rider Sweet Josie Brown Ale. Yes. So this is a 6.1 ABV. And it says, as strong-willed. As she is seductive, sweet Josie knows how to draw you in, then bring you to your knees. This American brown ale is a complex beer balanced with a nice hop bitterness without with a generous amount of chocolate and aromatic malts, which sounds, sounds awesome. pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I guess we'll crack it open and get right into it, yeah? Yeah, let's try the sweet Josie. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to bubble over there for a minute. You were waiting for me to I heard it. explode it. I yeah. heard it. Oh, that's got a nice chocolate-looking fl- uh, hue to it. <laughs> and it smells awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. All right, ready to check it out? I'm ready. Let's do it. Cheers. Che- cheers. Ooh. Oh, I absolutely love that one. That's Amazing. That one's really good. It almost finishes like like it's got them a little bit more strong up front and finishes a little bit mm-hmm. smoother, but it's really good. What would you give it? I would 4.75 that. That's really, really good. Yeah, I'm going to five it. because You're going to five it? Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think <laughs> that's really good. I don't want to own a voodoo. Okay. No badges, just advertisements. That no time. badges from the app that shall not be named. All right, so you ready to get into this case? I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the murder of Latrice Curtis in Raleigh, Raleigh, North North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So on January 30th of 2008, drivers discovered the body of a woman on the side of Highway 540. So for those of you from Raleigh, you probably know, but this highway is a beltway designed to go around the city. But even now, it's still only partially completed. Uh, how long has it been? Do we know how long it's been there? I don't know how long it's been there, but in 2008, it was there. And it's still today only partially, partially completed. Complete. From what I could find, yeah. So, so I wonder if that's a, a, they didn't complete it, or if it's like Dallas, where they just never stopped doing construction on it, and they never can really consider it fully done, because they're always just building on it. I mean, could be. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. I hate just, that shit, though. It pisses me off. <laughs> it was just described as partially completed. Fair enough. So, the victim who was discovered had been stabbed almost 40 times in the chest, head, neck, and stomach. Damn. Yeah. And it didn't take police long to determine that the victim was 21-year-old Latrice Curtis. Latrice was born on May 28th, 1986, and she actually went by Trice or Tress. I'm not sure, 
But um, probably Tree. If her name's Latrice, Trees makes sense. Well, I'm but saying I guess it, the Latrice. Other one. She could have been Latrice. So oh, I'm saying Latrice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, she was. Now, <laughs> again, sources. She was either a senior or junior in college. Okay. But she was close to the end of her college career. And she was either studying accounting or administrative administration and management. Man, you know, I hate to say this, like, because we go off of sources, right? Like, we don't really have time to do, like, deep dive investigations. But if you're a reporter, figure it out. Because we get these, we find these sources and they all are conflicting and it doesn't make any sense. So, that's my two cents. Anyway. <laughs> what we can say for sure is that she went to North Carolina Central University. She was in college studying some sort of business something. She was in a grade at that college. <laughs> she was towards the end of her college career. Close. And studying things. Yes. And she did, I can confirm, work part-time for Sears because that was in her obituary, which was written by her family. So I trust that source. Do love some Sears. I'm down. <laughs> okay. It's been a minute since I've been to Sears. Right? I used to love going there. I mean, they have everything. They really do. It's pretty awesome. We should go to Sears. We should fucking go to Sears. I'm down. Let's do it. Where is there a Sears now? Maybe at the mall. I don't know. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of them closed down. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We just got really excited about oh, Sears. Yeah, Sears. You get your appliances. You get everything. Clothes. Clothes. So anyway, regardless of what is correct, it's it's known that Latrice had some sort of plan for her life and she was working towards achieving that plan. Good for her. At her memorial service, she was remembered as a happy young woman who was... <clears throat> oh, my God. I am. I've never heard of that description before. <laughs> <laughs> never heard someone described that way. <laughs> At her memorial service, Latrice was remembered as a happy young woman who was always smiling and a very good had a very good work ethic. She was full of hope and was really going places. After the autopsy, not surprisingly, the cause of death was determined to be a puncture wound from some sort of sharp object. So along the way, one of those 40 yeah. stabbing, you know, stab wounds killed her. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. I and feel like I could be an ME. I don't feel like that's too hard to figure <laughs> out. Like, I mean, in some <laughs> cases I wouldn't be able to, but in this case I'd be like, solved it. <laughs> Sorry, not to make light of this, you know, but... <laughs> I mean, she was stabbed 40 times. That's pretty fucked up. Like. Um, in September of 2009, Robert Reeves was officially charged with Latrice's murder. And prosecutors argued that Robert believed that Latrice was interfering with his sexual advances on his roommate. Huh? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> this is to say that whole thing again, because this is some... Who's this dude? Robert Reeves. Uh-huh. Who I is... I haven't gone into exactly okay. who All he right. is Maybe yet. Maybe that's why I was confused. Okay. But he has been accused of Latrice's murder, and the prosecutor... Because she was salting his game, apparently. Allegedly. Yes. Got it. Okay, I'm on board. Robert's roommate, Stephen Randolph, mm -hmm. was dating Latrice, and apparently another woman named Velma. What? <laughs> All right, so hold on. Let me just let me just break this all down. Okay, so we yeah. got we got Latrice, Latrice's Latrice. boyfriend, and then we got the other dude. Yeah, 
And then they have another female roommate. No, no, no. Oh, so confused. There's two roommates. Is this like a love quadrangle? or It's like a five-parter love. Oh, yeah. man. So there's two roommates. Robert uh-huh. and Steven are the roommates. Yep. Latrice is dating Steven. Steven. Yep. Steven has another girlfriend that doesn't live with them on the side named Velma. I caught that part. Yep. Robert wants to hook up with Steven. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, that's I just assumed. Yeah, that's why you were confused. That's why I was Robert, confused because I was like, okay, wait. So where where is the female roommate? And you're like, no, 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 no. Because Robert wants to hook up. So with she was definitely salting his yes. game because she was with him whenever he wanted to get with him. Correct. Okay, and I'm going to say this later, but I'm just going to throw out there: she's married. Latrice? Yes. <laughs> this is fucked up, man. This is a fucked up... Okay. All right. So, wait. So, wait. And she's young. She's, she's like... 21. She's 21. She married. Dating this other dude who's fucking somebody else. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then her the roommate wants to fuck him. And he, yeah. That is like a... I don't know. What's five? <laughs> is it the Pentagon? It's it's a... Yes. Yeah. So, would that be like a... Carry the wood, babe. Carry the wood. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call it. Anyway, yeah, that's messed up. Okay. <laughs> okay, continue. So you kind of following now? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on board now. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So apparently Robert had made multiple um, attempts to hook up with Stephen. Mm-hmm. And the, re- the only reason I even bring up Stephen's girlfriend, Velma... Is because there are rumors that at some point Robert had like snuck over to Velma's apartment and slashed her tires because he was jealous oh, of her. Okay, um, so he was a little obsessed with his roommate. Yeah, at least it sounds that way. Um, but that's really the only information I have about Velma. I but, mean, I'm just trying to figure out why he thinks that if he can get rid of these ladies, that he'll just be like, "Oh, Robert, I love you." Like. I- <laughs> It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but, you know. No, especially, and I'll mention this later, but Robert is significantly older than Stephen. Stephen is also in college, um, at the same college as Latrice. And the reason he decided to room with Robert is because he was, not shockingly, a struggling college student, and he needed a place to live, and... It, it, Robert was letting him live there for pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, and that's a, probably pretty common, you know? Yeah, but Stephen would go on to say that there was one month that Robert told Stephen if he complied with Robert's wishes, which was for him to give him oral sex, mm. he wouldn't have to pay his rent for the month. Mm. Now, so we got like a little like requested prostitution thing going on here, kind of. And to make it even more interesting, Robert was a minister. What? <laughs> this yes. case just keeps getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> yeah. So he's a minister. So it's almost like he's is he trying to use his authority over Stephen to get what he wants, but it doesn't work. I don't know, but. Damn. Right. And then if you're a minister and you believe that being gay is against the word of God, how do you reconcile that when you are? Sure. And I'm sure that's that happens, right? right. So. so 
they do. It is known that Robert was jealous of this relationship between Latrice and Stephen. Like I said, he was a minister. He actually called himself bishop, but he was not a bishop. So I, I'm. I don't believe so. I think he just called himself bishop because he was a minister at Cedar International Fellowship Ministry in Durham, which is really close to to Raleigh. And I d- unfortunately, I don't. I'm not 100% sure what type of church this is. I did look them up, and they do have an active Facebook page still, but nothing has been posted on it since 2016. So they don't, like, list their denomination. They could be non-denominational. They could, they could be completely gone now and just not have deactivated their Facebook page. Like, I couldn't find a website. I couldn't. Yeah. All I could find was the Facebook page. Well, and one thing I will say about, like, and every church is a little bit different, but especially with, like, non-denomina- non-denominational ones, and I won't say that that's what type of church this is, but, mm-hmm. like, I've seen completely different, like, hierarchical structures within it. Yes. Like, I've uh, seen, like, elders and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other thing. So, I mean, it, I guess it's possible. It It is. Um, now, there were some articles that said it was a Pentecostal church. But again, I couldn't find anything to 100% confirm that. Yeah, and I don't know much about Pentecostal churches, so. I, I don't I don't either. But I will say that one of the things Robert was known for was his anti-gay sermons. He spent a lot of time preaching about the gay lifestyle. So when, he's got a little bit of that, like, self-loathing kind of, uh, yeah. Because he was practicing this lifestyle behind... Behind closed, closed doors, doors yeah. yeah. He had actually begun preaching in the 1980s at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in South Carolina. The pastor that took his position said that Robert left in 1987 because he was accused of trying to have sex with a young boy at the church. See, that's where things get not cool. Like, yeah. okay, I, you know. Trying to prostitute out your roommate, you know, to yourself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, or trading favors, whatever. Yeah. Like, trying to encourage your roommate to, yeah, fine, give but you what you want. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? That's two adults. You know, if he'd, if he'd agreed to that, then, you know, whatever. That's, right. a, that's adult things. But the kid, no, 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 no. So now I will say he was accused. I don't know if he was found guilty of this specific instant incident. But he did have a criminal history. Robert did. Okay. In 1982, he was arrested in South Carolina for a simple assault and battery. And in 1988, he was charged with third-degree sex charges. So this could be he left that Baptist church in 1987 and he was charged in 1988. So that could be the same. Could be, yeah. But I, again, nothing to confirm that. Well, and a lot of times with those types of cases, it's hard because they don't release, like, the child's name right. or anything like that. Which they shouldn't. No, I, agree, I absolutely but, should not. But, like, confirming those types of things can be difficult sometimes, yeah. yeah. So, in 2006, Reeves was fired from his job because he supposedly used his company credit card to make unauthorized purchases totaling almost $6,500. That's a fair amount. His former employer did take him to court and he was actually ordered to pay $19,069.24. Oh, so they got more back. They got the money that he owed them, punitive damages, attorney fees, and interest. Damn. Yeah. But despite this criminal record, Robert's now in 
a leadership position at this new church. Do these churches not like vet people? Like the assault thing, like I absolutely people have a past. Yeah. That kind of thing. Simple battery assault. He yeah, could have been a like, teenager. Exactly. Like that kind of stuff. Like and like I've been in a church where we've had like ministers that used to have drug problems and right. it come out of it. Like I'm okay with that. But like with the other stuff, like you gotta kind of vet that out. Like it does and not it sound like this church did. it doesn't i mean i'm not saying they didn't but if they did and then let him in that kind of bothers me even worse yeah exactly um so anyway he he was in this leadership position and he had a history of being a mentor to young men again even if they did vet him and let him in don't put him with the young men when you know there's at least been accusations in the past. Just, you know, cover your ass a little bit and, and the, you know, protect your parishioners. Well, and it's known that he would make unwanted sexual advances towards these other young men. And I got the impression, not that this makes it any better, but I got the impression that these were at least not minors. They were young men looking for... Okay. Um, but again, I don't know that for sure. That's just the impression I got. From the article. Sure. But he obviously had history of... You know, that's a hard one because, like, I don't want to say it's okay, but at least it's a better situation because at least they were, like, adults, even if they were young adults. Well, and it's like a man hitting on a woman. R- or well, a woman that was hitting my, on a man. Yeah, unwanted sexual advances. That's where I'm like, okay, well, you can't also can't say it's okay for, or it's not okay for men to do it to women and then say it's okay for men to do it to men. To men like, right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. there's that too, so. um. The way these sexual advances were described was that Robert tried to come across as this mentor to them. So he'd kind of like gain their trust and then he would hit on them. Creepy. Definitely. It's definitely (laughs) creepy. But, you know, I mean, again, I don't necessarily know. I don't know. We won't get into the morals of it, but yeah. So you want to try another beer? Absolutely. Yeah. mine. I'm empty. That was good. So hold on. Let me uh, grab this. Uh. Peacemaker IPA from Lone Rider. This is the Juicy IPA. Mm-hmm. And it says, a Juicy IPA that does justice to the name. Peacemaker packs big citrus aromas with low bitterness and a fresh, clean finish. Which, that actually sounds like something you probably like. So, the ABV is 5.5. And Untapped says the citrus that we'll notice in this is lemon and orange. But that we might also pick up some peach in the aroma. Really? Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, so, you know, and it says it's well-rounded and somewhat full-bodied. Nice, nice. And uh, it's the app that shall not be named. (laughs) Just saying. That's what you call it. I call it by its name. Yeah, I only do that because I'm just jealous that we're not sponsored by them. and (laughs) So reach out to them. I know. It's totally not their fault. It's my fault. Totally my fault. We've talked about this like 30 times. But anyway, let's give this a try. You ready? I'm ready. Cheers. Cheers. It's a really mild IPA. It is. It is. This one, I feel like, is this one you like? Uh, I mean, IP, IPE? IPA is still not my go-to, but yes, I... I was, for IPAs, I, I'm enjoying this one. I, 
Yeah, it's really light. It's really smooth. I definitely get the citrus. Um, yeah. And I, I get where they were talking about kind of the lemony. Mm-hmm, but it's not super, super hoppy either. No, and I think most of that lemony kind of flavor probably is just that hop, you know, yeah. that yeah. hop. And it, but it's not real bitter. There's a little no, bit, just no a bitter little beer bit. No, there's just a touch on the tongue, but it's it's very mild. Like it. And so, yeah, I like that a lot. It's really good. I do too. What would you give it? Again, I'd have to four point seven five, but mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll agree with you on that one. All right, yeah, I like that a lot. Check in, land of the free, level fifty eight. Nice, you finally got a badge. Finally got a badge. Well, now that you have your badge, are you ready to uh, jump back into it? I am. I was just waiting for you to be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Stephen did confirm that Latrice was at his and Robert's apartment on the night of January 29th. So, the night before she, her body was discovered. Um, and she did, she left and apparently Robert followed her and forced her to pull her car over where he attacked her and stabbed her to death. I'm assuming he didn't say that. No, Stephen didn't say that, no. And Robert denies it all, but this is the The, the chain of events, yeah. yeah okay. Um, now, Robert Reeves swore he had an alibi, but it turned out to not be a very good one. He had said that he was at a church function at the time of Latrice's murder. Oh, you got to get your alibi straight. Like, <laughs> seriously, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I was at a church function when nobody fucking saw you there. Like, Well, and the prosecution did go on to say that he they could prove that he was not there, but they didn't disclose how they could prove that. So I don't know. They just said if they needed to, they could prove that he was not at the church function. Gotcha. Now... I couldn't find an exact time for when Latrice actually left the apartment, but it was confirmed that Robert left about 10 p.m. Okay. And it was, and you said it was shortly after Latrice, so probably at least within a 30-minute time frame, I would imagine. Well, I would, think, I would think, but then we also have confirmation that about 1.30 a.m., Latrice was still alive. So oh. I, I wish I knew the timeline from between 10... To one thirty, so maybe he left before she did. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a little confusing. like maybe he left and like waited. Yeah, like I don't waited know. to see when she was going to leave and then followed her. But around one thirty a.m., there was a local police officer that saw a Chrysler Pacifica, which was later determined to be Robert's car, and a Nissan Sentra, which was Latrice's car, pulled over on the side of the road. He was going to go. Like, see if they needed help. But right as he was going to go over there, he got called to another call. So he had to leave. So he may have, like, caught him disposing of the body or something like that. Or before it happened. Yeah. Because he drove back by the scene, and the Sentra was still there, but the Pacifica was gone. So he may have even just caught her on the side of the road. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because he wouldn't have been able to drive both cars. So it's almost like... No, so he followed her, or found her somehow. Yeah. Um. But oh, I hate that in these cases because we well, and the the police officer didn't stop when he saw just the center. But I'm guessing it was at least an hour, if not a couple hours later, and he probably didn't see anybody, so he probably assumed that the Pacifica was there, like helping with car trouble, and that's why the Centra was still on the side of the road. Sure, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but he was able to confirm that he 
saw both cars at one thirty, so he could place Reeves's car. Yeah, behind. I actually love that cops will do that. Like I didn't know they would for a long time, and you know I've been stranded a couple times, and they've been able to help call a tow truck mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know. I've even had one give me a ride to go get some like gas or like, you know, <laughs> or around here, they'll just call a truck and bring you gas. Yeah. Uh, you know, so whatever the, the situation is, well, but like, I think it is a good safety thing too, you know? Well, like when you ran out of gas on the hill on the highway and the cop stood there and blocked yeah. the lane so that... Obviously, I need to pay closer attention to my <laughs> gas gauge, but because this has happened too many damn times, but, you know, we've all been there. I think. I <laughs> Amy's shaking her head. She's like, nope, not me. No, I have not run out no, of No, you're the paranoid one. You are like, you see your shit hit like a quarter tank. You're like, I got to fill it up. And I'm like, I got time. I didn't do that until I drove the Mustang. And that was because we got stranded on the side of the road in your Mustang, which was the exact same model as mine was. Yeah. Well, the Mustangs are bad because it's mm-hmm. almost, you'll be kind of down there, but not all the way like on the E. But if you hit a hill... Uh, and you know, cause the, the, mm-hmm. where the way the gas tank is, dude, it just drops and kills. Oh, and I knew sucks. exactly how far I could get once the uh, low fuel light came on. Yeah. But anyway, we're not a car <laughs> podcast. So about 30 minutes later at 2 AM, a friend of Latrice, Kimberly Parker actually got a call from Latrice's phone. But when she answered, she said she got no response and she could only hear what sounded like gravel and cars driving by. Oh, so maybe she was like trying to call her for help and like dropped her phone. Something like that. Now, another article also said that Stephen got a call about the same time. From Latrice? Yeah. Um, Like maybe she tried to call both. Or maybe she wasn't fully dead yet and she was trying whoever she could. She couldn't like talk or whatever. Wow. Right. Um, That's crazy. Now, I don't know for sure about Stephen, but Kimberly testified in court that she got to call. Um, So, like I said earlier, to make the case confusing, Latrice was married. Her husband's name was Darren, and he became worried when she didn't return home. But this was the next morning. Uh, He called her cell phone and her family, and he didn't get any answers or results, so he called 911, and he went looking for her. When he went looking for her, he located the car parked on the side of the highway, and the police were already there. Oh, he he just happened to, like, drive, because she was probably heading home. Yeah. He saw it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, there were some articles that said that they were separated at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. I... We don't know. I can't confirm that, but that would at least make sense as to why she was with this other guy if they were separated. But he's still worried about her because she didn't come home. So anyway, when he pulls over to go speak to the police, her body had already been discovered and had already been covered up with the, the blue tarp. And I didn't take this note down, but he remembers like when he saw it and he freaks out and says, tell me that's not her under the, did he do a body ID right there or what? I don't know that. I don't know. Um, now just a little bit of background about Darren. He had previously, uh, been a part of the national guard and had gone overseas in 2004 and he made friends 
with some of those people. And one of these friends um, came to Latrice's memorial service. And he was interviewed and said that Darren left the service because he wanted to get married and he wanted to further his education. And regardless of whether they were separated, whether she was actually having an affair or she was just friends with Stephen, Darren would later go on to describe Latrice as his future and how upset. So he, he was. still obviously loved yeah. her. Yeah. Now, Latrice's family didn't know that she knew Robert Reeves and Darren didn't know him. So he was like a new name to everybody, right? Well, but she only knew him because she met the roommate, the room Steven, yeah. in college. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now, obviously, Darren was the first person that authorities looked at. Sure. It's always you always look at the husband first. It's just standard right. procedure. Uh, and at first, they were suspicious because he had waited until the next morning to call 911. Well, sometimes you fall asleep and some shit happens. Well, and his only alibi was that he had been asleep all night. So nobody could corroborate the alibi. So, of course, they're suspicious of him. Um, Now, if he had actually fallen asleep, he may not have woken up until the next morning. And that's when he realized she hadn't come home. Sure. Now... One problem, and it, it it may be a problem, it may not be, but one one problem is that Darren told police that um, Latrice did call him around 10 p.m. after her nighttime college class, but maybe he fell asleep right after he talked to her all night doesn't necessarily mean... Right, okay, so this was, um, what year? 2008. Okay, so I feel like even in 2008, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like they could at least see where the cell phone, cell phone towers pinged and see that you he was at so. his house. Uh, and now I will say it depends on how close to home she was, because if she was close enough, they'd be pinging the same cell phone tower and it wouldn't matter. Well, and I mean, in 2008, they may have had a land, a landline. That is also, yeah. So I don't know. I, I doubt it, but possibility. And they would see, well... Yeah. You can't ping the landline, right? No, well, you get the call, so it would show up in the phone records, but True. Um, you know, depending on how long the call is, it yeah. could just look like maybe she called and left a message or whatever. I, I don't know. Well, eventually, even though I, I, I think the police didn't do all that research because even though they suspected him at first, they were able to remove him as a suspect pretty quickly. So they didn't have to go into all of that. So the second person they looked at was Steven, which makes sense, right? Because supposedly he's in a sexual relationship with Latrice. Um, he also claimed to be innocent, so they also looked at Velma. I am going to bring her back up for one minute. They looked to see if maybe... Well, sure. She- Two girlfriends. Yeah. yeah, maybe one got jealous of the other. Yeah, sure. Um Stephen also actually claimed that the night of her death was the very first time they'd had sex. So that was the night that the relationship turned sexual. Mm, So I'm torn on that one because it's not believable at all. But with this story, it is. But 
that might explain why Robert Robert yeah. killed her that night. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that could totally explain what yeah. pushed him over the edge. And I, I agree with you. Normally, I would be like, mm, "You're just trying to cover your ass." Right. Exactly. But because of the timeline of events, it it's definitely possible. Well, yeah, yeah. For sure. Stephen also went on to claim that shortly after Latrice left the apartment, Robert began questioning Stephen about the sex they had just had. He began to like try to pry about Stephen's sexual wants and needs. And apparently, Dude, I'd be like, "Bitch, what I do in my bedroom <laughs> is my business. Fuck off." And he even went on to ask Stephen if he was a freak sexually. That's none of your damn business. Well, and and you're a man, you're a man of God. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, that's... and you tried to get me to blow you for rent. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't want to have this conversation with you. Yeah, like go away. So all three men, Stephen, Robert, and Darren, uh, were tested for DNA because police did find a small amount of DNA on the steering wheel of Latrice's car that didn't match her. And so when they ran the DNA, Darren, her husband, and Stephen, her boyfriend, were 100% excluded as DNA matches. There was no way that that DNA was theirs. It wasn't hers. Now, Robert couldn't be found as a match, but he couldn't be excluded either. So this DNA is how they proved that Stephen and Darren were not they took him off the suspect list. I mean, I think that that is at least a good thing. But beyond that, it's pretty useless if you can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless there was another suspect. But if they can't ta- if they can't pin down their one suspect with that DNA, then it's basically useless at that point. So another piece of evidence that prosecution... So the prosecution did use the fact that he couldn't be excluded. Like, they didn't claim that the DNA on the steering wheel was his... But they used all of his um, criminal history and his history of unwanted sexual advances and the fact that, he, oh, he can't be excluded from the DNA, so it's possible that it's him. But they also used the fact that um, when he was interviewed, he had fresh scratches and cut cuts on his legs and arms. I mean, you could technically argue that away with freaky sex but here's what i'm curious about is if if she, if it was her that scratched him they found dna on the steering column what about under her nails didn't see anything about under her nails yeah so if they didn't get dna i mean if she scratched him she would have dna under her nails so anyway i'm not saying whatever but well he claimed that he got injured moving a desk that's a terrible fucking <laughs> right. excuse. Like, come up with something better. Yeah, like, I cut my arms and my legs by moving a desk. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you could... I mean, nowadays, you could be like, oh, I was on Grinder and I fucking hooked up for a night, and we has freaky sex, and I have no idea who that person is. But remember... Although, I guess was, they could still track the app. She was, Damn, there's just no way to get around it anymore. But remember, she had been stabbed 40 times, so... That could be an easy explanation for at least wounds on his hands. So maybe like he cut himself with the knife? Well, yeah, if you're stabbing somebody 40 times and you're... But you said he had his legs, too. Well, maybe he was standing weird and accidentally stabbed himself in the leg. He doesn't sound like the smartest person in the world. So what you're saying is he sucks at stabbing. And a lot of other things. Fair enough. (laughs) So 
um, Robert's defense would actually try to blame Stephen Randolph for Latrice's murder. Okay, so even, blame it on the roommate. Yeah, even though he had been excluded with DNA, they still tried to blame him. And not shockingly, they did not put Robert on the stand in his own defense. Yeah, it's always smart not to. At yes. least that's the... Most of the time. There are those... Rare occasions. Mm-hmm. Now, Robert's defense would go on to say that Stephen had killed Latrice because he was afraid of an unwanted pregnancy and he had a girlfriend. Now, my question to that is, if this was the first time Latrice and Stephen had sex, like Stephen says, why would he automatically assume that Latrice was pregnant and stab her to death? I mean, unless like a condom broke or something, I have no idea, but... But they literally just had sex like hours before. Right. And you're just going to... So the defense is saying, oh, he assumed that she was pregnant. He's going to kill her because he doesn't want a baby. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does not make a lot of sense. But, it's a you know, really weak argument. It is. The defense also went on to say that Stephen should have been looked into harder because he was known to have a knife collection and, obviously, Latrice had been stabbed to death. Uh, one of the knives he had in his collection was a cane sword. I know about cane swords. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Okay, so I didn't know what a cane sword was. Um, it's also known as a sword stick. Sword stick. Okay, mm-hmm. didn't know that. So you want to say what a cane sword is? Yeah, it's basically a cane, but the the head of it, which is like usually, um, you know, where the part where it kind of crooks over and mm-hmm. you put your hand on it, you can twist that and then the blade slides out of the cane like it's a sheath. So they're usually pretty thin and or it's thinner. Hidden, so you don't expect it to yeah, be there. Yeah, exactly. So the defense's point was that it was really well known that Stephen had this collection and despite this information, his weapons were never tested to see if they were used in the killing of Latrice. And I get that argument, but at the same time, it still wouldn't prove that Robert didn't do it because he would have access to that collection because they lived together. Absolutely. So, but, so, but I get what they're, they're saying. They also tried to bring into the into question the way that de- detectives actually investigated the case. Uh, they tried to say that official procedures hadn't been followed. I couldn't find anything showing what the what their claim was, but they did try to bring this up in court. Now, just a little bit of background about Stephen. Not much. I said he went to school with. Latrice, he actually was a former basketball player at the college. He'd been recruited, so he was kind of, like, well-known. He played guard, and just in case you wanted to know, he was number 22. Fair enough. (laughs) Did you see anything about, even though how he was excluded from this, how it may have affected his popularity or college career, college basketball career, whatever? He had already stopped playing at this point, so he was not actively playing, but he had played. Gotcha, okay. Um, now I mentioned earlier, Stephen did testify at Robert's trial and he admitted to having a relationship with Latrice. And this is when the information comes out that Latrice and Darren may have been separated. Uh, he also went out, went on to say that as soon as Robert found out that they had become intimate, he became filled with jealousy. And he even said that at first, 
he didn't realize that Robert was coming on to him at first. The dude asked you for well, a no, blowjob like, for rent. Before that. Oh, before that. Because okay. it happened. <laughs> I was like, how do you not? That's pretty straightforward. No. Like, because he started out subtle. It had been going on for a while. And gotcha. So, he kind of built up to that. Right. And so he didn't realize at first. But at that point, when he offers to lower the rent, Stephen freaks out, tells Robert he's not interested leaves the house, and he's so uncomfortable that he even went and got a gun from his cousin to keep in his room for, like, protection. Oh. I mean... Because he was that uncomfortable. I mean, I get how that could definitely be uncomfortable, but it doesn't... I mean, just because somebody comes on to you, and that that is definitely extreme, <laughs> uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, like, assault you, necessarily, so, you know. Well, but, but they were living together. Right, right. So... You know, lock your door. And... So once Robert was charged, the judge actually denied him bail. He was 43 at the time he was charged for the murder. So like I said, he's significantly older. Yeah, basically double their age. Yeah. Yeah. Those who knew Robert Reeves were shocked by the news that he'd been charged with the crime. Someone went so far as to describe him as an awesome man of God who knew the Bible really well. A classy gentleman. And a fellow minister at Robert's church went so far as to say that he believed that Reeves had been set up. Multiple times, question mark? I mean, <laughs> you know, he's got the accusation of, you know, advances on a child or inappropriate behavior. Well, he was charged child. with that. He was charged with yeah. it, right. So, I mean, well, the charges came with the accusation. But, yeah, I mean, so he gets that. Then he's got, uh, you know, this going on, and I'm sure it came out at some point, and I'm, they may not have known this when they interviewed him. Right. But yeah, I mean, he's soliciting pe- people for sex and, you know, all sorts of stuff, so. Now, others described him as energetic and a real go-getter, and they didn't believe he was capable of murder, they didn't believe he was gay, and they didn't believe that he could commit any crime. Which, I mean, it's your beliefs. Sure. At the time of his trial, many other ministers and pastors actually attended the trial, but they did pretty quickly admit to having very little knowledge about the case. They were just there because he be- they believed he was innocent until proven guilty and wanted to offer him their prayers. Uh, and I get that. I, I, I really do. You know, they're supporting a member of... Uh- of their, their staff yeah. and yeah so staff uh, congregation all, all of the above and so you know I, I get that perspective but i'm curious as t- as information came out did they continue all the way to the end or right. did they at some point be like mm, maybe not so much that's a very good question actually now despite the fact that uh, the prosecution's evidence was a lot of circumstantial evidence He was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. One of the jurors on the case was later interviewed, and he said that the decision had been unanimous and that all of them would sleep just fine at night with their decision. He said they came to this decision even though the evidence gathered in a search of the home was thrown out. So they did search his home, but the defense managed to get all of that evidence thrown out, saying that the search wasn't done legally or whatever. So they didn't get to see a whole lot of evidence. But even, So when you say it was circumstantial, it sounds like it was a pretty weak case. Yeah, but even with 
that thrown out, they still were very confident in their decision. And once they made their decision, I didn't take this note down, but once they made the decision, the judge actually let the prosecutor tell the jury what had been left out because they'd already made their decision, right? And it just solidified their decision. What they heard was found at the house. They So I'm assuming he did that for like sentencing or well no the judge does the sentencing. So Yeah, I think he just was giving the huh. the prosecutor a chance to share the information even though it couldn't be used in the decision of guilty or innocent. Fair enough. Do we know what they found in the house? Uh part of the thrown out evidence was a claim that Reeves had assaulted a young man at knife point and forced him into sex. Wait, they found the evidence of that in the house? Mm-hmm. Oh. What they discovered during the search, they found the man's ID in the Reeves apartment with some other stuff. So, but again... And I'm assuming they were able to track that individual yep. down and find out what happened. But because the what was found in the search was not admissible into court, they couldn't... Share that with the jury. Gotcha. Um, and part of this was because this victim was too scared to come forward and implicate Reeves. So they did talk to him, but he didn't want to go to court. No, I get that. I yes. will say, you know, you said that the the defense had brought up, you know, illegal, uh, not illegal, but in, improper procedure by mm-hmm. the police. I wonder if that's how they got. This the, thrown this out. Thrown out. Yeah. yeah. I, I think 100%. Um, but had they not thrown this out, it would have been really good for the prosecution because then the defense's argument about Stevens' knife collection wouldn't be so... Because he'd already done it with another knife. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wouldn't be such a big deal. Now, Reeves is still in prison. He is at the... Pasquotank Correctional Facility. Fucking crushed it. (laughs) (laughs) In Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Um, And I think most people that are involved with the case are pretty confident that they they got the right guy. Yeah. So it was a little, I wouldn't even say twisty. It was a little. It was crazy. It was crazy. So how long was he sentenced Life in prison. Oh, he did get life. He got okay, life I in prison so, without yeah. parole. Life without parole. So yeah, yeah and that means uh, yeah, no, uh, no parole. Okay, yeah. yeah. So right. he's he's still in prison. I looked him up to see like if he was one of those people that just died after he got into prison. But oh, like toy box killer. Yeah, but no, he's the still. Hell, did he even make it? Well, he made it like like what a week. He didn't make it long. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just died of a heart attack. Now like, he That's was significant- not punishment. What the hell? <laughs> he was significantly older than Robert Reeves, well, but yeah, but still. But Robert Reeves is still currently in prison in Elizabeth City. And there you have it. Yes, there you have it. That's my wonderfully exciting case for you. I lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, I was like. Is it the? It's not the quad. I still keep messing it up. It's the. It's, a, it's the penta. It's five. Matt, five. what is five sided shape? Pentagon. Yeah. yeah, I was right. Yeah, it's a pentagon, <laughs> but um, what is it? It's a love triangle. It's so a it'd love be a pentagon. It's a love. Yeah, it's or, a love pentagon. Love pentagon. Yes, okay, because you have. 
Somebody's going to email us and be like, y'all did just fuck that all up. <laughs> yeah. No, because you have Latrice and Steven, Velma, Darren, and Robert. Although Darren wasn't really involved. Well, he was just on the side. He's so we her husband. Go, we go to love quadrangle. I mean, that sounds way cooler than a love pentagon. But it I does. Mean, she was married, so he does play a part. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, I know. All right. Well, thank you for doing that case. That was I actually that was crazy. I, I like <laughs> I like that one. I got a little lost for a minute, but that was good. That it's was been good. a minute since you've gotten lost in the case. I know, and I was like, huh? Like <laughs> I had like my Scooby Doo moment. Well, that's because you just were looking for another woman, not I know, yeah, I did. Not a man I, being I made the, the assumption, you know. You so you know what they say about assuming. Oh, makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> makes an ass out of you. Just me, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we got one more beer to try. We so do. You ready to give it a shot? I am. I'm excited about this one. Perfect. And sorry, I accidentally misspoke. This one is not a beer. We're switching it up for this one. Mm-hmm. So Lone Rider actually makes uh, a ranch water, which is, I guess, a type of hard seltzer. I've never had a ranch. I think I took a sip of somebody's one time, but it's not something that I drink regularly. Okay. So I'm so glad you said that. Okay. Because what <laughs> I did not know is that ranch water is a Apparently, the official drink of West Texas. Well, shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> either, but their description on the app that shall not be named. The app oh, that shall not be named. Says the official drink of West Texas now has a home in North Carolina. This is a hard seltzer with jalapeno and pineapple. It's based on the traditional ranch water recipe, but without real tequila used in the brewing process. We've also added some heat and a little sweetness to this recipe. Well, I love jalapeno and pineapple, so I'm looking forward to trying this. So, Oh, it's 3.6 ABV. That's really low. But I love, I, I love that we have North Carolina's tribute to Texas. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think that's it's, greatness. It's nice that they're they're paying homage to us and our amazingness. Texas is great. <laughs> Although I do, I have family in North Carolina. I do. Um, congratulations. No, I'm just saying. Uh, Richard lived there at some point. Heard that. <laughs> Didn't he just go there for his? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, and it was so funny because he always says it's my, what was his, I won't give the exact number, but it's his, it wasn't like a 10 or a 20 year. It, it was, was like, like 50. But right. But it was like his 52nd or whatever well, because, because of his, COVID. Yeah. Because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I just had my 52nd uh, <laughs> high school reunion. And I'm like, I've never heard of anybody doing it off number, but you know, off of like tens, but <laughs> you made me laugh and almost die. <laughs> it's all good. All right. So let's give this ranch water a try. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, smell the pineapple and the jalapeno might have burned my non-existent nose hairs. No way. I think it smells good. Oh, that's really good. Oh. Oh, yeah. I that's dig, one I of dig those that. that can be dangerous. So when I smell it, I get those like pina colada vibes. Yeah, but it's not. But I like the jalapeno in there with the... with the um, Pineapple? Pineapple, thank you. I can't speak. 
But yeah, it's, it's actually pretty good. And I'm not a hard seltzer fan, but that's... I'm not either, but this is... Uh, pretty good. Yeah. It could be just maybe just a touch more, like, jalapeno. on the jalapeno yeah. and pineapple. But then again, you know how I am with jalapeno, so... I think there's plenty of pineapple. You could almost put, like, a jalapeno slice on there and make a real pretty mm-hmm. drink. Maybe don't make me start muddling some shit up in here. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, that'd be delicious if you muddled like a pineapple chunk and a uh, jalapeno slice in there and mm-hmm. then poured it on top. That'd be dope. Or use it as a base of a margarita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're building We're drinks find- in our head. Okay. So this is approved. <laughs> this North Carolina uh, tribute to Texas is approved. Good job, guys. We dig it. We um. What does is, what is Floon always say? 10 out of 10 would recommend? Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So we'll 5.0 that bad boy. All right. Here we go. 5.0. Check in. Cheers to independent U.S. craft breweries level 39. Nice. Oh, you know what? I just noticed it does have a little bit of burn after you stop drinking it. Does it? Like I can feel the heat. Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> but I like spicy a lot. I mean, you, I will say, you have upped your spicy meter say, for show. Spicy way more than you do. Well, that's just only because I get heartburn real bad. I know. I, my old man has been kicking in big time. I can, like, take Prilosec and shit if I don't, you know, if I'm eating spicy food. I know. You're so old. I hate it. Fucking hate it. I need to reverse back to, like, mid 20s. I mean, late 20s. Late 20s was awesome. Uh, go hang out with Matt. He'll reverse you back. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Matt, you have a new job. Make me young again. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that being said, we want to thank you guys for joining us yet again. We love you all. We'd love it if you followed us on all the things except for Twitter because we just don't use it. We don't um, have enough followers on Twitter. I know. And I, that was, you, t- you told me, like, you're like, that's your job. And I'm like, eh. I eh, mean, I'm. Eh. I'm not real great at the Facebook, but I'm better than you are. True. At the Twitter. Well, that's why. Well, yeah, exactly. And supposedly we need to get YouTube for SEO shit. I'm so not even worried about that right now. We haven't even updated our website in forever. Oh, sorry, y'all. We're so behind on that. True. Our bad. But despite the fact that the website isn't update, you can actually still buy merch there. So we have our logo tee, and then we have the It's Twisty tee, which... I think it's fucking cool because I designed it. Uh, <laughs> and well, you designed both of them. Well, actually, I designed the It's Twisty shirt based off of listener input. Yeah. So if there's something that we say a lot that we should make into merch, let us know. Let us know. Because we'll make we, it. Yeah. We'd love to get y'all's input. And the only, oh, it's been a minute since I've said this, but the only other input we've gotten so far is Voodoo Vagina. But we've only had one listener say that. We would need a lot more. Yeah, yeah. to make that merch, we need a lot more confirmation on that one. <laughs> true, so. true. But that being said, we love you guys. We will catch you next time. In just a few minutes when we record again. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> we gross. love you all. Laters. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us here at Blood and Barrels. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at blood and barrels you can also follow us on twitter at blood barrels pod 
Follow us on all the things. You can also listen to Blood and Barrels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or most anywhere where you enjoy your podcast. If you enjoy listening, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. For more information about the show, you can check us out at bloodandbarrels.com. If you want to help support the show and become a part of the Blood and Barrels family, you can join us on Patreon and get access to additional content. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.